Welcome to Jet Setra, folks, the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, other sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike, happy Wednesday. Welcome. Uh, it's episode 58, and today we'll be talking about the Jets coming off their longest road trip of the season and what's ahead in the final 20 games of the regular season. We'll talk about Paul Maurice finally putting his top three forwards together on the same line how the team's abundance of good defensemen might be a problem going forward. Abundance of good defensemen. How about that? Bet you didn't think you'd read that somewhere, did you? The Bombers announcing a $7 million loss in their 2020 operations. And the Foodcast chat, folks. (laughs) Since it is Easter weekend ahead. Good eats. Good eats for Easter. All right. Straight away, first period. I'm not going to do the buzz thing because somebody sent me an email. <laughs> I saw the email. It came to me as well. <laughs> I can't remember what it said, Cliff, but something about... <laughs> Cliff is one of our frequent emailers and we appreciate it. We do. Um, he had a bunch of tips, which I've forgotten already. Um, I can't remember what we were talking about before we got onto this podcast, folks. Anyways. He, he's the one who, who made a mention of, didn't he, something about a pot roast and... Uh, right. That's right. Which he's actually... But it was to do with, wasn't it? To it was do a prime with rib, I think. Pierre Luc Dubois and who his line mates were uh, with Wheeler and sure. t- there, there was there was an a- analogy to the Jets line. We appreciate all your emails, folks, and we do read them in the moment. Uh, some of them, all, obviously, they're all memorable. We just don't really remember them, if that makes any sense at all. Um, okay, Mike, the Jets are coming off their longest road trip of the season. Um, I guess it was a success. They. They played well in losing the first two games against Edmonton. They got Connor McDavided. Or as Blake Wheeler put it, I loved, he said, we ran into a super freak. A super freak. Is, is what Blake Wheeler said, which I've never heard Connor McDavid describe. Rick quite, James? I guess, yeah. Okay, so anyways, in the next five games of the trip, they kind of pulled away from the non-playoff pack by going 4-1 and one versus Vancouver and Calgary. Now they've got 20 games left. Uh, you know, the playoffs are pretty much a lock, I would think, Mike, uh, at this point. Interesting on that, though, and you're going to write a column about this. I poked you on this. And yes. Sometimes every once in a while I give Mike a suggestion on what he should write, folks. And it's always a good suggestion. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I got to justify my pay, I guess, somehow. That's, I tell the boss that I give you all your ideas. By oh, the way. okay. Did, just, oh, good. did my voice trail off there? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, the Jets were in Toronto. They took... They took uh, two out of three. Two out of three. And went to overtime. And an overtime and loss. loss. So they gained five out of six. Five out of six points. Uh, a reporter, uh, after the third game, during the player availability, asked Blake Wheeler if um, he felt that the Jets had set some sort of tone or some sort of made some sort of statement um, in regards to the Leafs going forward as it. Uh, in regards to the playoffs, so right. you, you know you 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 determined that you can beat them. Sent a message. Sent that, a message. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, that sent Man, a message. You, that, that you should be the editor. <laughs> I, that's what I was trying to say. Right. in Seven thousand words. Um, so he said that, and Blake Willard's response was, um, "Hold hold on there, Bubba Louie. Um, You know, I wish you would have said Bubba Louie. That would <laughs> have been be great. Good, eh? <laughs> Um, we haven't even made the playoffs yet. Right. Okay. So, you know, standard answer. So, but at the same time, you know, I've noticed throughout the season, the head coach of this team has 
on on a number of occasions mentioned that he's kind of molding the team or looking at things within the team and building this team towards the playoffs. Right. Almost assuming that they're it Heart, seems like they're going to cart before horse in well, a way. I guess, but you know, like I mean there was prior to the season most people didn't even think the Jets were going to nope. make the playoffs, right? So obviously Paul Maurice did and he's had a particular game plan throughout. And so I would suggest that's what the last 20 games of the season will be all about. For sure. Uh, Continue to be about. Because, you know, as you say, Steve, they they go into these last 20. They have a double-digit lead on Vancouver and Calgary, who are the two closest non-playoff teams. Ottawa is way, way, way behind. Ottawa is out of the picture. The Jets are 11 points ahead of Calgary and Vancouver. Uh, The Jets actually have a game in hand on Calgary and Vancouver. In other words, like... You're not making up 11 points in 20 games. I mean, if the Jets went 500, if the Jets go 10 and 10 over these last 20, Vancouver or Calgary have to go like 17 and 3 to catch them. Like, that's not happening. Uh, So, yeah, you you can start to look now towards the postseason. And, and, you know, what's really unique, Steve, I think of years recently when the Jets have made the playoffs, like they'd have no idea who they were playing under the old system. You know, were they going to be a top three team in their division? Were they going to be the wild card? Were they playing a team from the Pacific as the wild? Like here... Well, even that best year where they went to the Western final, they they lost first place on the last game of the season. Right, right? Yeah. they did. Um, and so, you know, with the Jets, they know that not only are they likely going to the playoffs, but they're also likely playing one of Toronto, Edmonton, or Montreal in the first round, and then one of those teams again in the second round. Like, So you can really try and build your team and your game against those teams, right? Like what works, what doesn't, what matchups do you like? And and the other thing is the Jets are going to see a lot of those teams down the stretch. Starting tonight, they get Toronto here for the next two. Toronto's here for another three in a couple weeks. And then the Jets play one more. Toronto. Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs. So they get Toronto like six times still. I think they play Montreal like four more times. Edmonton like... Two or three, yeah. So, but they're gonna like half the remaining games approximately are against the teams they're gonna have to go through in the playoffs. And the Jets have enjoyed some success, maybe not so much against Edmonton, but they played well against Montreal and Toronto this year. And yeah, we already saw last game. I know we're gonna talk about this, Steve. That's interesting. I think the team that they've had the most trouble with out of those three has been Montreal. Yeah, except they've had some success. They got. Some yeah, they got overtime. blown out by Montreal. They've that had some one overtime game. success against them, but they did. They've had tr- I, I, they seem to have trouble with Montreal's for game. sure. And historically, they have like yeah. even before this season, Montreal right. gave them fits. Right. I think they have three wins against Montreal this year. But you're right; they haven't been easy wins. Um, one was a shutout victory, but um, so you know the Jets. We already saw last game. Paul Maurice moved a couple pieces around. What I'm curious to see, Steve, like, are we going to start to see, are you going to start to rest some guys? We've heard about the grueling schedule, and it has been. I think tonight will be the 17th game in the month of March, like 17 and 31. That's a lot of hockey. Um, There's been travel. I mean, it's not the same travel that they've maybe had in the past. Is there 31 days in March? There is. Today's the 31st, is it not? Okay, sure. (laughs) I can never remember that. I thought there was 30 days in March. 
I think no, it's March 31st. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Breaking news, folks. Today is March 31st. Um, but There's 31 days of March. This is the type of breaking news we bring you. Yeah. So you wonder, like, and same with Connor Hellebuck, right? They can really strategically maybe get him on the exact schedule they'd like of when he needs rest, when... Um, so it's a good, it's a great position to be in, not a good position. It's a great position the Jets find themselves in. And it could have gone sideways had they not gone for, and let's say they went 0-5 against Vancouver and Calgary. They'd be limping back to town right now in some big trouble, but they go 4-1. and They kind of leave those two teams in their dust onwards and upwards now for the last 20. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, you mentioned in the first period there that Paul Maurice had moved a couple of players around in the last game there against um, Calgary. Most notably, and uh, certainly has created a buzz and some conversation, was he flipped a center iceman where he put Mark Shifley in between Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor, and he dropped uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois in between uh, Paul Stastny and Blake Wheeler. And, um, you know, the... It was paid off instantly. The the line of Shifley, the Shife line, or whatever we want to call it, uh, was uh, was dominant in the game. Um, they, they, they Shifley had a couple of goals. Nikolai Ehlers had three assists. Connor uh, Kyle Connor had a couple of assists, and then and they weren't ordinary goals or assists. No, they, they were, were really dynamic. They were really in a series that had been kind of like. Eh. You know, kind of a grind. Muck it, kind of, grind it, yeah. right. These were skill, skill, skill Very type much so. plays. And so um, now, um, listen, I'm I've, I'm on the record a couple of times here this year, many times this year, is they're really liking this. Um, I like the idea of teams loading up their, fr- their right. front, front end scoring like that. And, and frankly, it just seems to me that Mark Shifley, in my opinion, and you and I have debated this, in my opinion, he's the best player on the team. And he deserves to play with these two, the two best wingers on the right. team. Two, two and, leading scorers. And, and it's not like you're creating this huge vacuum in the second line because you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois who, come on, folks, he still needs to earn his, his stripes here a little bit with this right. team. He's going to play with a couple of pretty good players in Blake Wheeler and Paul Stastny. And that, I think that's a decent line. I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I just like it. They had a goal as well the other day, yeah. so uh, which is good for them. Uh, yeah. Some instant chemistry there, perhaps. Uh, by the way, they are uh, I, they've done the morning skate already today. Paul Maurice, um, I know you wrote a great playbook today, actually, where you talked about how teams in the past would load up a big line and how you like seeing that. And you wondered, is Paul Maurice going to stay with this? That right. was a question I wondered as well. Like, was this just a because he talked about specific matchups and so then you're thinking well is it just something and the end of a road trip so it would have been easy to maybe just go back but he's not he's which is the right decision he he was so intrigued by what he saw why would you go well, away why, from why that? would you yeah, yeah, yeah why would you yeah, i mean stop don't overthink it here. no 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 <laughs> don't reinvent the wheel so um yeah they'll keep that line together it's interesting i saw somebody uh, a local scribe the other day actually when they made the switch described uh, Dubois moving the reverse of what you just said. Yeah, said Dubois moved up to play with. Yeah, I saw that. I saw. Uh, you know what? Kevin Sawyer and Dennis Bayak said that on the Kelcast no. too. They were calling it that. That now the, the Dubois had moved up to the top line. No. Uh, what? No. Hello. Okay. No. So you have your three best players. <laughs> 
Right. Literally, your three best players playing together. Uh, and that's not your first line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I your first so. line, folks. That's your top line, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think with Mark Shifley, like, look, we know he loves playing with Blake Wheeler. He, sa- he says it every chance he can. And we used to think the two of them were inseparable. I mean, people would joke. Sooner or later, he's going to have to play without him. For sure. And, <laughs> Just you know, from age. La- last, <laughs> right. And last year, they got away from each other when Wheeler centered the second line for a right. while when Brian Little got hurt. But then they were back together when they made the trade deadline, got Cody Eakin in. This year, they have been apart a little bit. But for the most part, you know, it was, we saw Shifley, Wheeler, Connor at times. Nikolai Ehlers was there at, at times. I mean, even Patrick Laine had a brief look there last season. And so I think this is a line we haven't really seen much of, but it makes so much sense. Ehlers and Connor have been developing, I think, some nice chemistry playing together. Granted, it was with Dubois, but yeah, you're putting them... Like, Mark Shifley is what you hope Pierre-Luc Dubois might be in a few years. Let's not forget, there's five-year age difference between these two players. Six, isn't there? Or six. Mark Shifley just turned 28. You're right. Right, Dubois 22. Um, and I think he's the youngest player on the team. He is, which is crazy to think. Um, so, you know, people maybe, I don't want to say people are disappointed in what they've seen from Dubois, but we lose sight of the fact that he's still just a very young player. You look back to what Mark Shifley was doing as a 22 year old with the Jets. Dubois on a very similar path in terms of his numbers and things like that. But Shifley's the finished product. And you put them with your two best wingers, your two leading scorers, and watch the magic potentially happen. If there's one knock, Steve, against that line, um, do do you worry about them defensively? Not so much for Shifley, but does the defensive... Uh, play at times of Ehlers and Connor, which I know you've talked about, especially Ehlers. Right. (laughs) To that, I would say, well, if they've always got the puck on their stick, like you don't worry so much about their defense. I think Shifley helps them. I I like Mark Shifley's defensive 200-foot game. I do. Some people really rag on him, and I don't get it. It's ridiculous. And he's better than Pierre-Luc Dubois at that that part of the game at this stage. Right, he's more complete. For sure sure. he is. Yeah, for sure. He's the one that's been going up, and I I think this is why recency bias tends... People judge Shifley unfairly because we've seen games this year where he's constantly out against Connor McDavid, and... Let's face it, Connor McDavid's made him, but everyone else on the ice look bad at times. Yeah, I think if anything, defensively, you you have maybe then an issue on that second line. Um, but I don't see an issue defensively with Shifley playing with Connors and Connor no. and Ehlers. And the other thing is, if you're Paul Maurice, and if that's what you're worried about, that, you know, so tonight, like, I'm curious to see. Paul Maurice gets last change. They're playing Toronto. Will he put the Shifley line with Ehlers and Connor? Will he put them out against Austin Matthews? Or will he find another matchup? And Paul, in his availability this morning, actually said that he's not even really worried about matchups so much. And I think that's the sure way He sure talks to... about it a lot. For a guy he who's does. not worried about it, he sure talks about but it a lot. But you know, again, <laughs> and going back to what we talked about in the first period, Steve, I think the Jets have some room to experiment now. And so let's just say, for example, they get Toronto six times in these last 20 games, and they're probably going to have to play Toronto in the first or second round if they want to go where they want to go. So maybe you just look what 
you know, this line looks like against this. And then you, like you can, you can experiment a bit and maybe not worry so much about the win or loss tonight. You're looking at the bigger picture here. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a good situation to be in for the Jets for sure. But, yeah, they've uh, got some serious depth uh, up front there, and so they, he can tinker. Ken so, Campbell so, of the Hockey News wrote yeah, the other day uh, yeah. that the Jets have the deepest forward core. That's his opinion, but I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't. The, the, the number of people have been saying that. I read that story or whatever, and there was some somebody else. Uh, the other people have been saying that too. It'd be hard to now. So, speaking of depth, so then uh, we're going to touch on the defense core. Um, the Jets have a situation here. It's a ways away. The expansion draft is in the summertime, right? right? Um, likely they they would only protect three defensemen, and there seems to be a bit of a debate going on right now as to who would you protect out of the four defensemen that they of the four names, and that would be who are signed. Yeah, because Pullman's a UFA, right. Forbert's a UFA. So Morrissey, Pionk. DeMello. DeMello and Logan Stanley like and so who would you who would you expose out of those four people are you know getting pretty excited with Logan Stanley's play he scored his first career goal the other night um, you know he's he's shown some things um, so you said you did a poll on Twitter I'm not sure that's very scientific frankly Mike 2,431 votes who did they say they didn't like Josh Morris 53 percent right? said expose Dylan DeMello yeah, coaches so, porn all right 22% said Stanley, 21% said Morrissey, and 4% must have hit the wrong button because if there's one, you're not exposing Neil Pionk. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, frankly, I still think Josh Morrissey's the best defenseman. Pionk shows things. He's had some, a great year. He does certain things or whatever. It, it's still my opinion right. that Josh Morrissey's the best defenseman, and hence he plays the most ice time for Apparently sure the coach thinks so too yeah so here's why some people say morrissey that i've that have uh, given me feedback not because they want to lose him steve they think if you expose morrissey seattle wouldn't take him why of because of because of how long how much term he has on his ah, contract that's ridiculous he's got a very friendly contract i think so too yeah um i mean to me Logan Stanley's been a great story. I think you take the risk that if Seattle takes Logan Stanley, you know what? You got Billy Hanelon, you got Dylan Sandberg in the pipeline as left shot blue liners. Those are your so so okay. So here's the situation. There's still talk that the Jets, are, uh, the Jets, I don't know where all this talk comes from, it, it, but the talk is that the Jets are in the market to add another defenseman. Right. So that's going to complicate things it would, even more. Especially if it's someone with any term. Yeah, I was thinking of a guy. I was looking at a list the other day or whatever. Here's a guy. Here's a name I'm going to throw at you. Alex Edler. Would he be any good on the team? I think he could. He's going to be an unrestricted free is. agent. Yeah. And if, and he has a, should be selling. He has a full no trade, so he could control. Okay. But... I'd have to think he'd consider waving to Winnipeg. Why not? He played here. Played here. Yeah. Uh, and the Jets are a contender. Like, what, you're not going to wave? Would he be an upgrade over Tucker Pullman? I'm going to say Tucker Pullman. Yeah. Because in my opinion right now, Tucker Pullman is the sixth guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I think he would be. He's He plays. He can kill penalties, block shots, plays physical, can add a little bit of offense. Yeah. Used to play on the power play. Yeah. Good leader, a veteran guy. Um for sure. And there's a guy you could probably get at a, at a cheap cost. You also wouldn't really have to worry about the big quarantine because he's already in Canada. Could make a lot of sense for sure. We'll find out in the next, uh, what, 10 days till the trade deadline. We'll see what the Jets cook up. Uh, all right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setra podcast. This is the part where we get away from the Jets a bit and talk about other things, other sports. A uh, couple things on our 
uh, slate here today, Mike. The Bombers announced their uh, financial statement from 2020. Um, it was um, red, right? <laughs> yeah, a sea of red. <laughs> a sea of red, yeah. $7 million loss. Um, I guess that's less than the $10 million loss that we <laughs> kind of thought. It would have been $10 million if not for uh, federal money right. uh, with uh, wage subsidies and other things like that. So um, they basically lost $9.7 million or something like that and then got some money back from the government, whether it was CERB or other yeah. things like that. Um, so one thing, you know, I've been hammering away at this, uh, and, and I will again today, folks, I'm sorry, but one line in the statement that, you know, jumped off the page for me was that they they had um, $4.8 million in football operations expenses <laughs> in 2020. There was no operation. There was no. They didn't play, do you know what I mean? But they still had almost $5 million in football operations. Right. Now, that's salaries, um, you know, and some hefty salaries uh, for some guys, and I guess some player bonuses, and so um, I, I don't know. We know some of those got renegotiated. But, yeah, uh, I, yeah. So I, I, I don't know if they can. I don't know what they can do going forward here. But uh, Wade Miller was adamant that they'd done everything they could do to cut costs or whatever. And so, um, you know, they're they're hoping that they get to play this season. Um, what that financial statement is going to look like this year, I don't know. You add a bunch of salaries, players, and uh, fo more football operation costs for a season right? and still not having anybody or a limited number of people in the stands. And it might be another $7 million next year. Did I read it right, Steve, that the the stadium alone, just operating the stadium, cost three cost them $3 million? Well, I guess they probably would still have to maintain it. with Wade Miller was like asked that. about that, and I believe his comment was it's like it's – like, just the upkeep on your house, but just a really expensive house. Right. It's still a lot of money to yeah. keep a stadium going that literally nothing happened in it, right? For, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not. A, I don't know what that $3 million gets you. Like, no idea. I guess that keeps the lights on when you need them on and the, the heat and stuff. Like, Yeah, they're still at offices and uh, right. all of that kind of thing. And they yeah. kept, I think, the training facility open Correct. for players that are in town and stuff. But yeah, I mean... And and here's the thing, Steve. If the Bombers, like they're the they're the Grey Cup champs, they're the model franchise of the league, right? They're right up there. <laughs> okay. If they lost seven million, right? What is the Toronto Argonauts or the BC? What is their? Financial? Well, I think that the, all the teams probably operate on a similar budget, so I would suggest it's probably the it's yeah. going to be similar for each team. I guess where it hurt the Bombers, had they been operating, they would have erased that seven million dollar deficit with. Potentially they, a substantial profit, whereas another team correct. like BC might have made right. zero. They, they did have they did have one point two million or something like that. I can't remember in, in sales of merchandise still, and that would have been as a result of the of the Grey Cup win. Right. So that might, I mean, the might Montreal Alouettes might not have had that sure. similar type of sale. So I mean, <clears throat> so I would estimate that each team in the league probably lost between. Although you know, I don't know what their I don't know what the expenses were for the Toronto Argonauts to at BMO Field. They might not have had that charge right. of three million. So, but you got to imagine it's all going to be between five and ten million dollars each team or whatever, right? So the league as a whole, you know, lost some significant cash. So, yeah, it's uh, hello XFL. I mean, we're about to turn or flip the calendar to April, so we're now getting. That's because it's March thirty first. It I is March. 30. Did you know there's thirty one <laughs> days in March, Steve? Thirty one. I thought there was thirty. <laughs> 
but so here we are. Are I you mean, an April Fool's joke guy tomorrow, yeah, by the way? I'm not. You know, I was thinking because I do my newsletter tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. right? And I thought I should just go all in with a ridiculous concept and then pull the old haha gotcha. Yeah, I've but seen I'm those act- in the papers. I've seen I know, in- and yeah. I don't like them. Eh. Some people don't always read to the end and then they believe or they see the headline or whatever. So one thing we know for sure, no April Fool's joke, is that the Major League Baseball season oh, yes. w- opens tomorrow. A 162 game season is projected, right? And the the Jays um, open their season at Yankee Stadium tomorrow at noon. Beautiful, uh, beautiful I'm off time. tomorrow. Me too. I know we're all off tomorrow. We're right? gonna be watching. <laughs> I know what I'll I'm be not watching. Sure I'm gonna. Uh, it's good. if it's a nice day, I might go for Garrett Cole versus Hinjen Ru. Is that what it is? Beautiful pitching good matchup. Pronouncement. I Hin- can't. Hinjen Ru. Yeah, I've had him on my fantasy baseball team. Say it again. So. Hinjen Ru. Hinjen Ru. Yeah. Did I get it? H Y U N. Yeah, yeah. J I N R Y U. Hin Jen Ru. Hin Jen Ru. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, terrific pitcher. George Springer is injured, and so he's probably not in the lineup <laughs> tomorrow. But um, uh, but yeah, the Jays, lots of optimism. I know you and I are kind of Jays fans. Uh, the Jays, again, though, Steve, they don't have a home right now, right? They're going to play no. their first three series in Dunedin. Then they it's, may move to Buffalo. It's nice in Dunedin. It is nice. And they'll have fans in Dunedin. It's which nice in Dunedin. It is. Especially, I mean, they'd be playing in, uh, it's not called Skydome Rogers Center, right. but the roof would be closed because it's April. On like turf. Right. So this is a lot. It's way nicer for in sure. Dunedin, yeah. Uh, and they may move. So they may have three homes before the season is over. They may start in Dunedin, move to Buffalo, shuffle off to Buffalo as the song goes, and then maybe eventually sometime in the summer, uh, maybe they uh, maybe they find their their way back to Somebody Toronto. Calls, eh? They do, yeah. That's, that's like they know they they they. It's not Jay Bell, anyways. It's he's not learned. Uh, but yeah, very excited. Major League opening day is always an exciting time of uh, of year. It's sort of new new beginnings and new optimism, new hope. Um, so I'm excited for it. Uh, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So the Jays uh, signed a bunch of guys in the offseason. Most notably, as you said, George Springer. Um, and this Marco Simeon. Simeon, yeah. He's going to be hitting second. Right, he's going to play second base. They Had a great him. spring. So, you know, and they've... But, man, man, oh, man, I've got to I gotta say this. They have, like, no pitching. No, I know. Like... I'm surprised. Like, like you, did you see who's pitching game two of the series? I bet you couldn't even... Sperling? Close. See, that's how... Ross Stripling. See? I, I know. That's, the that's what I, I mean. Yeah. Like, you just... It, when you can barely like, they loved him in Los Angeles. The LA Dodgers loved him. They wanted and they're to give him banking a ring. on Robbie Ray, like being the Robbie <laughs> Ray of a couple years and the ago. Steve Mets, yeah, right? who was uh, like I had a like terrible ERA for the Mets, but had a good year. Uh, one Is good it Mats year. Mats Steven Mats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. But yeah, Stripling Ray Mats. Nate Pearson's the guy. He's he's, he's also hurt. injured, um, but he's tossing. <laughs> they lost the closer that they they signed. did. Who will never <laughs> that Tommy John surgery? He's done now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. Um but yeah, I mean if Nate Pearson I think they're still a year or two away on the pitching. They do have apparently there's the incentive to like they they're almost of the mindset, kinda like the Jets. They believe that they have the horses already to make the playoffs and that they'll probably add mid season to bulk up. But Hopefully they didn't overplay their hand here and and dig themselves a well, hole. Well, I, I, I tell you what, they'll hit the ball a ton. They they've, they they've got they've got guys at every position that can hit the ball out of the park. So they'll score a lot of Kevin runs. Kevin Biggio sure. is projected to hit seventh in this lineup. Yeah, he's playing third, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and Who's hitting eighth, the catcher. 
Uh, yes, the catcher. Or, well, no, it's going to be whoever the DH is, which is going to oh. be like Randall Gritchick or uh, Alejandro Kirk. Who yeah, can see, those, both those guys can rake it, They have a too, great bench. So they've, yeah, got I mean, a lot of, they've got a lot of guys who can uh, hit the ball with uh, high velocity. Um, is the term nowadays. Right. They can barrel it up. Yes. We got all the baseball terms going here today, <laughs> folks. Um, so, it, it, you know, they'll score a lot of runs. It'll be fun to watch. Um, interesting to see how Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Slim down, Vladdy, yeah. Slim down. Um, and the division, let's face it, the AL East isn't the powerhouse that it was. The Yankees, the are, Yankees are a good team. Right. Yeah. Boston is no. a shell of itself. No. Tampa Bay made it to the World Series last year, but I don't know. They lost some pieces. Like Blake Snell is gone. So and they just... Got rid of Blake Snell, right? Who is like their their MVP in the playoffs? What was that? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's bizarre. But and then Baltimore is Baltimore, right? So like, yeah, it's a two. I think it's, it's a, two a two team race in the AL East for sure. And then the Jays, but but I mean the Yankees, uh, the Yankees have a ton of pitching, and then they have a and they have a bunch of guys who can hit as well. The other thing is I'm I'm not sure. So they have a bit of a bad combination. The other thing that the Jays are questionable at is their defense, right? And so you've well, got Simeon's a suspect, help, but. suspect um, pitching staff with a bad defense. <laughs> that could be, I don't know, man. It could be a lot of 11-8 games right. this year, Mike. <laughs> it could be, uh, which should make for some exciting games to watch, but also some long games. Expect like a lot of three-and-a-half, four-hour games with all the pitching changes and all the runs. Yeah, I'm not spending four hours tomorrow <laughs> afternoon watching. And the Yankees are the slowest. They, they, they does, are. Does any team play slower than the New York Yankees? Like, oh, my God, in New York? So, yeah, tomorrow's game will end at <laughs> around 5. Um, <laughs> so. I got nothing else to do. I'll be tuned in. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Mike, it's Easter weekend. Uh, got any big plans for feasting on Sunday? Unfortunately, uh, well, a couple things. Uh, we're going to feast on Saturday, not Sunday. There's a Jets game Sunday. So we're having our Easter dinner on Saturday this year. Jets are hosting the Canucks on Blasphemous. Sunday night. Yes, how dare they? <laughs> Uh, and actually, they're playing Good Friday as well. So the Jets are hosting the Leafs on Good Friday. They're hosting the Canucks on Easter Sunday. So we're actually slotting. going to fall down on Friday and then rise up again on I Sunday? I guess. We'll see. Uh, there's, a good, there's a good theme to the uh, <laughs> Jays riding the gamer on Friday. So I might have to. And I'm doing the one Sunday. So we there may tag team on that. You guys could have that. Uh, but yeah, we're at our big Easter dinner, which normally would be about 25 family members, of course, in a normal year. Sadly, this will be the second straight Easter. We can't do that due to COVID restrictions. So we are having my parents over on Sunday uh, or Saturday. Sorry, they are our designated household. So uh, it'll be the four of us in our house and my mom and dad. Uh, and we're having, you know, the usual. Uh, Get to what you're eating, Mike. Yeah. Well, so we're actually not doing a turkey. We're doing a chicken instead of a turkey. My wife, she's the, the cook in the family. She <laughs> that, hates yeah. cooking turkey. Oh, she's just and What's she, the difference? Turkey, chicken, same She thing? says chicken is way easier. Oh, okay. So uh, we're doing a chicken, but my dad's making his famous uh, dressing, which uh, is is delicious. But the, the main event, Steve, has nothing to do with the dinner. It's the dessert. My mom, uh, ever since I was a little kid, and this is going to sound gross when I say what it is, uh, but she makes a bunny cake. It's a not what? made a, out of bunny. bunny. Yeah, a bunny cake. It's not made out of rabbit. <laughs> it's actually a cake. Not that there'd be anything wrong with it. No, that, but it's a it's a it's a beautiful cake that is actually shaped 
like a bunny. And the highlight of the bunny cake always has been the, the two ears, which uh, are, are big bunny ears coated in Smarties. Uh, <laughs> like that is the McIntyre. And in fact, it's so popular that family members request the bunny cake for like every occasion. Like they want a bunny cake for Thanksgiving. They want a bunny cake for Christmas. But the bunny cake only comes out at Easter. Uh, I don't know how much of the ear I'm going to eat this year because there are a lot of Smarties and Smarties aren't exactly Weight Watcher friendly, which of course I'm trying to follow here. Uh, But the bunny cake will be the piece de resistance uh, once the meal is done. What about you? Um, Well, I don't have anything. I actually do have a meal plan. What am I planning? I'm going to have Sunday. I'm going to have... lamb burgers i'm i'm used Ooh. to lamb yeah um i was uh married to somebody uh, uh, greek i was married to a greek yeah. person a greek woman <laughs> <laughs> for uh quite a, a many years and the, the greeks always have lamb mm-hmm. on uh, easter sunday and um often it would be like a whole lamb in the backyard um on the on the on thing a spit. on a spit yeah yeah so um I, I i i'm a big fan of lamb and i like the idea of lamb at, at easter still so um, Andrews on Academy has the most amazing lamb burgers in the world. So what do you um, put on a lamb burger? Like what's the, what's the accompaniment? A, well, you could have a mint jelly if you want yeah. or whatever, or, um, you could like you're have not putting it. ketchup and mustard on no, a lamb no, burger, no, no, right? No, 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 no. You just you're not going to have it as a hamburger. You're just going to have it. Oh, you're I'll not probably, eating it on a bun? No, 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 okay. no, no. You have it as a side. I'll probably you could have hummus on it. Is is yeah. pretty decent. Um, um, I'll probably go and get some spanakopita and uh, and maybe something else from the Greek market to go with it for the dinner or whatever. But but yeah, dessert. Now we're talking, man. Right. I, I took out a cherry pie this morning. You love. I've had it in my pie, freezer. Yeah. Cherry pie. Yeah. I've had it in my freezer almost the entire year. Um, yeah. Oh. I, I bought it back in fresh. I bought it fresh one day at Sobeys. Sobeys makes a wicked cherry pie, by the way, folks. And um, Sobeys has a really good bakery. Mm-hmm. It's a good plug. So uh, they could sponsor us. My too. daughter's best friend just got hired at Sobeys oh, to work in the bakery. Night. They yeah. could, the one on Henderson, the bakery there. Holy mackerel. I told this Emily, I said, uh, can you like maybe steal some of the recipes? Like, Ooh, Wicked. I don't want to get her in any trouble. So but. I got this cherry pie. I've been saving it in the freezer because the goal, uh, you've been on Weight Watchers. I've been trying to lose. I've been trying to drop a few pounds. Right. Uh, and you have. I have, yeah. So I didn't gain it. I gained I gained about 15 pounds in 2018, 2019. I was doing a lot of traveling. Right. Eating a lot of sweets. I yep. love desserts. And then 2020, during COVID, I kind of just maintained. But I wanted to get down from, I was at 211 at the beginning of the year. Stepped on the scale this morning, 199 pounds. Ooh. So, um, so the goal was, if I got below 200, I was going to eat that dark, <laughs> damn cherry pie. So cherry pie with Briar's cherry ice cream is on the menu for oh, Sunday. Oh, here we go again yeah, with that. Heat it up oh, with no, the ice cream. No, Mike, you're ruining it. it. No. The ice cream needs to be in another room, <laughs> not even in the same room as the. That is just you just ruined the whole thing for me. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I love cherry ice cream. I love cherry pie. I do not like them together. You might as well throw it in a well, blender and drink it as a shake. What at do you that have point. with your pie? Just nothing. No, just just pie. The pie stands alone. Um, and weirdo. the ice cream. She's a weirdo, alone. folks. I am a weirdo. 
Uh, well, that sounds uh, that sounds delicious. Are you going to weigh yourself like the day after the pie? Yeah, to see? I'm going to worry about it. I got um, taking a several days off this weekend. I'm going to do tons of biking. Yeah, I'll be easily burn off that kind of calories. The yeah. the weather roller coaster we experienced this week. It's going to we, be nice. We started. We had summer on Monday. It was like 20 degrees. Then it was like minus 20 on Tuesday night. <laughs> and now it's zero, and now it's going to be well into the teens, the mid-teens again by the weekend. So yeah, it looks nice. It's, I'm looking out the window right now. It looks like it's going to be not a cloud on the horizon. It's going to be a beautiful weekend for weather. Um, I'm going to do some biking. I hear you I hear you started running again. Did you start I did. Running? I've done two runs over the uh, past three days at night. Other than my hip really <laughs> being sore. I know. That's what my <laughs> wife said. She's like... She's like, you better have your phone with you so you can call me to come pick you yeah, up exactly, when you... Yeah. What are you running from there, pal? Right. Well, last night was a little trick because last night was snowy. It was a snowy run. And so you're running on the sidewalk and you're like worried about hitting a patch. But I, I did okay. Uh, I love running. I, I really do. I know. But I also hate it. Like I love it and I hate it's it. It's so boring. I've Running on it. a treadmill I've is boring. I, outside, I, I've tried it. I just could not do it. It takes a certain mental yeah. uh, attitude towards it. Lots of people love it. I mean, the boss loves it. Our, our other boss, right, yeah, he Bob. runs marathons. Yeah. Scott runs marathons. Tons of people in this offense are runners. So for me, like I've been walking for the last year, and now I'm running the route that I was walking, which it makes it is, It does. It's like, so now I'm hitting all these points. It's like, this would normally take me, you know, 20 minutes to get to, and I got here in 12 or whatever. So, um, yeah, so you, do, you have to you have to bike. I was reading a story recently. You have to bike four times the distance of to burn the same amount of calories at this type of heart, same heart rate type of thing as you do run. Oh. So running is excellent. It's excellent for yeah. burning calories. It's excellent exercise. My knees don't like it. My back doesn't like it. And but more importantly, I just mentally I just was never able to get into it. It just seemed like a boring like biking to me. It has has really been a godsend here. Yeah. You know, it, it's like you can really get in a. I went seventy k last weekend or whatever, Ooh. and um and so that's like running whatever twenty k, um hardly seems anything, but um but you know it, it just you can stop and have a look around. Right. You can see the scenery. You can just see things. I just like it better. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. I'm glad well, you're enjoying it. Yeah, and uh, I need. Uh, I'm one and a half pounds away from hitting one hundred. Uh, 100 pounds you not, look a little more than 100 lost 100 loss yeah no, i'm definitely a, more than 100 but yeah i'm at 98 and a half as of uh, as of monday so uh depends how much bunny cake i ate this weekend uh, i may what need what kind of cake is it like a vanilla <clears throat> cake a chocolate cake it's a vanilla cake does yeah. it have icing on it yeah it does it has yeah like cream cheese icing. And yeah oh cream oh, cheese so icing. good wow do you have I'm not, do you have ice cream with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people do, sure. Other people in the family do, but do not me. No. no. I'm not a big fan of ice cream with a cream cheese icing. Yeah, actually. that's maybe a little too, that's, a little that, too creamy. That doesn't go well together. I don't find that goes well together, but yeah. I love a cream cheese icing. I'm thinking of cherry pie now, actually, that you mentioned it. Maybe I'll have to go pick one up from Sobeys. I'm waiting till Sunday. So, yeah, a little, uh, just to wait till Sunday. <laughs> feast on Sunday. Easter Sunday is a good feast day. Lamb burgers and cherry pie. That sounds yeah. like uh, that's a great Should meal right there. All right. Enjoy. Uh, we'll be back here. Thanks for working all weekend for us, Mike. Thanks for covering the games. He's got all the games for you folks. Absolutely. Looking forward to sure this homestand, uh, four-game homestand. We'll Have see a wonderful Easter, folks. Take care. Blessings to you all.